0: Welcome to Axios Pro where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business and politics. Sponsored by Bridge Bank. Be bold. Venture wisely. So today is the latest of our interviews with 2020 presidential candidates. But this time it's not with a Democrat. It's with William Weld, the former Republican governor of Massachusetts, who's seeking to primary President Trump after having run on the libertarian ticket in 2016.
1: My conversation with Governor Weld right after this. The Equity Fund Resources Group at Bridge Bank is a central hub for the venture capital and private equity communities. Offering banking services for funds, partners, and their portfolio companies, Bridge Bank's financial solutions are designed for the entire innovation ecosystem and include creative credit solutions, robust treasury and cash management capabilities, and a suite of international banking products. Bridge Bank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely.
0: We're joined now by former Massachusetts Governor William Weld, who is running against President Trump for the Republican nomination for president. So, Governor, you represent arguably what was once considered kind of the Rockefeller Republican wing of the party. Do you believe that a lot of those voters or enough of those voters still exist and exist still identifying as Republicans?
2: The term I use is the Abraham Lincoln wing of the Republican Party. That's better. If they have time to think about uh, issues and make, make up their mind, I, th- I think they're a majority. If they have time to think, if they're not rushed into thinking, we have to uh, support the guy who's down there because it'd be too much trouble uh, if we don't.
0: Your disagreements with President Trump, and there are lots of them, from your perspective, you know, his his largest legislative accomplishment so far has been the tax cut bill, which you support. Is your disagreement with him as much style as substance?
2: No, I think it's substance. I mean, if, if somebody says, uh, you know, we don't need a free press uh, in this country and uh, somebody obviously mocks the idea of the rule of law, That's uh, cutting deeply into our democratic institutions. That's not style. He's also uh, demonstrated a certain amount of mean-spiritedness and vindictiveness, particularly towards little people and individuals uh, who can't really defend themselves, and uh, nobody's in love with that. But uh, it goes deeper than that. It really uh, seems to be an assault on uh, the democratic values and institutions that have come to uh, characterize this country. I, I think it's a very serious situation.
0: Let me talk some policy questions, and let me start with that tax cut. So, so two questions on it, because there was obviously the business side of it and the personal side of it. So on the business tax side, what we've seen so far, particularly in the 2008 numbers, is that we've gotten a lot more big corporate buybacks than... corporate capital investment. Is that an okay outcome from that bill, or does the language need to be tweaked?
2: I really never met a tax cut I didn't like. Uh, I think government is too big. I think there's no such thing as government money. There's only taxpayers' money. So anytime more of it can be return to the taxpayers. Uh, I'm in favor, uh, in favor of that. I cut taxes 21 times in my two terms as governor, and I never raised them once. And the result was that the economy of, of Massachusetts really took off.
0: On the personal side, and you're in Massachusetts, I'm from Massachusetts and live here. I have a house here. I no longer am able to deduct my home's property taxes, for example, the so-called SALT deduction. Do you agree with that part of the tax bill that that got taken out, that people can no longer deduct things like property taxes?
2: That was a compromise to get it through. And I think it was worth doing to get the big enchilada. Yeah,
0: you do support that. President Trump has regularly gone after specific companies uh, for their business decisions. Uh, Amazon, GM, Boeing kind of on down the line, leaving his specific gripes aside. Is it appropriate for a president to take on a particular company if that company is doing something that he or she thinks is against the national interest?
2: No, I I don't think it's appropriate for a president to uh, attack individual companies or even individuals. I mean, President Trump will attack anybody. He attacked the mother of that poor guy who was killed fighting for us uh, in the Middle East just because uh, of her religion, because she was Muslim. So he says, well, why didn't she speak up? Uh, Is she muzzled because of her religion? And that's just... Unthinkable. And, uh, you know, the president, everyone knows he's kind of wrapped up in himself. He's kind of a narcissist, but there's a kind of narcissist called a malignant narcissist who's only happy when little people, uh, other people are losing.
0: Governor, you once, uh, before you were a governor, uh, you worked in the Justice Department. I am just curious for your take. I don't know how much of it you watched or have read of Bill Barr's testimony, the attorney general's testimony over the last couple of days. In terms of the Mueller report and other things he plans to do, there's been a bunch of criticism on the left. I'm curious again. Former Justice Department official, your take on it?
2: Well, the thing that kind of raised my eyebrow. I mean, I've known Bill Barr a long time. I think he's a good, strong guy, great lawyer, and should be a welcome addition to the administration. I was a little surprised when he said he thought. I think I read that he said he thought spying went on.
0: He did say that. Yep.
2: Trump uh, campaign during the 2016 cycle. I spent seven years in the Justice Department, and uh, you know, investigative agency like the FBI, if they see something and they want to open an investigation. They can open an investigation. They don't have to come to the Justice Department, to to ask for permission to open an investigation. So I would hardly call that spying. It's just the FBI opening an investigation. Happens hundreds of times a day.
0: Governor, there's been a lot of talk, and this is actually bipartisan at this point, about big technology companies and and the amount of power that they have, uh, not just economic power, but kind of power to, to shape our national dialogue, et cetera. Have these companies, or some of them, say Amazon, Facebook, et cetera, have they gotten too large? And if so, should there be some sort of either antitrust action Against them or a rewriting of the antitrust laws to apply to them?
2: They've probably gotten too powerful, but it's part of a larger problem, which is uh, we're spending too much of our time on social media and not enough time reading and thinking, and uh, that's going to take a while to roll that one back.
0: Do you uh, think that's roll backable? Yeah. You don't think that's a, a horse has already left the barn?
2: Well, I'll tell you what, I'm not generally in favor of is having the government uh, come in and say, okay, we're going to take over and we're going to tell people how they should organize everything. I mean, I'd rather have the private sector doing that than the government. And I understand they're big boys and they're probably too powerful. I'm glad they have to compete against each other, but uh, I'm not in favor of having uh, the government get too far into the, uh, the internet world.
0: Well, when you say that, can I just dig in a little bit deeper, which is on the powerful side, we obviously do have antitrust laws that they get used every now and then for various things. You don't think that and I think I'm hearing you correctly, but just tell me if I'm wrong. You don't think at least that the way antitrust rules are written today that they would apply necessarily to those companies.
2: Oh no, you can't. You can't say that. That would be a very fact-bound uh, determination. Okay. And uh, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. You know, I, I I assume the antitrust division the Justice Department is looking at that, and I don't express any view as to where they're going to come out.
0: I'm from Massachusetts. You're here. Folks who have been governors, senators that are from Massachusetts don't have a great track record of winning the White House. They, they've got a pretty good track record of getting nominated to, to go to the White House, but of actually winning, at least, in, you know, if go back past my lifetime, go back to Kennedy was the last who did it. Is there a kind of like the country dislikes the patriots? Does the country at large have uh, antipathy toward a presidential candidate from Massachusetts?
2: No, I don't think so. I mean, Massachusetts uh, was uh, almost universally called Taxachusetts before I got there. And, uh, you know, that really died down uh, after we balanced uh, all the budgets and cut spending and uh, in real dollars and cut taxes. So there's a little bit of that flavor and you get in parts of the South they still use that term. But uh, no, I, I, I don't think that's true. And as you point out, uh, Massachusetts has sent a lot of nominees to the finals.
0: I hate to get horse racing, but do you view that as, you know, you've been refer you're obviously a long shot for this going against a very popular president or popular within the Republican primary voter base. Do you view your path as really a blue state path? In other words, that to get the nomination that where you will go is try to win the blue states in the primary process?
2: No, I wouldn't be blue or red. I mean, I'd start in uh, New Hampshire and the six New England states. I'd go down to the Mid-Atlantic, uh, where I'm a native of, and spend a lot of time in the uh, 90s and the first decade of this century. Uh, and uh, California, Oregon, Washington.
0: Outside of New Hampshire, arguably, those are the blue states.
2: Yeah, New Hampshire is, is purple now. It's almost evenly balanced, although the Dems are back doing well, but they don't hold the governorship. Yeah, California is probably Mr. Trump's worst state in terms of him being able to get along with the folks out there. So I will be spending uh, both campaign time and fundraising time in California for sure. And I found uh, Oregon and Washington to be receptive to my uh, brand of political philosophy in the last cycle. So I'd certainly spend a bunch of time there.
0: Final question for you from a policy perspective. Assume you win the presidency. Uh, Let's forget that. Let's assume you win the kingdom. you're, You're king. You don't have to worry about a Congress anymore. What's the one piece of legislation or major policy change in America you would want?
2: First of all, I don't want to be a king. Although I know someone who does want to be a king and he's in the White House right now and I think that is going to be a major topic of my campaign for the presidency. But what's the first thing I would do? I'd probably uh bring in a balanced budget amendment so that Federal government has to balance his checkbook at the end of every year. The spending is totally out of control. Mr. Trump has made no effort to check it at all. You know, his latest uh, budget proposal takes the accumulated deficit to $30 trillion. You know, the millennials and the younger generations are going to have to pay for that. And it's completely unfair, and it's irresponsible. And I think the, the gridlock and the two parties hating each other so much in Washington, that is not the Republican Party, and it's not the Washington that i grew up in so we need a totally different tone less divisive uh less attacking, less hostile emanating from the White House. What we have now is just uh, unacceptable on a number of uh,
0: counts. Governor, thank you so much for joining us. Dan, it's a pleasure, thank you.
1: The Equity Fund Resource Group at Bridgebank is a central hub for the venture capital and private equity communities. Leveraging nearly two decades of expertise delivering solutions to emerging technology and growth companies, Bridgebank now offers services for funds, SBICs, and general partners including creative credit solutions, robust treasury Management capabilities and a suite of international banking services. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Be bold, venture wisely.
0: And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producer, Tim Schovers, have a great National Tax Day, or at least have a tax day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Brow Rata podcast.